0: Good morning. You know, I'm so glad that you have chosen to make time for the Lord. My name is Nestor Flores and I want to welcome you. I want to give a special welcome to those that are visiting us, that are with us for the first time. And I want to send a virtual hug to everyone who makes us their home church, to everyone who tunes in week after week after week. You know, last week, Pastor Frank was with us. Um, We had a little emergency in, in my family and we, and I had to travel outside the Country, but you know we serve a big and powerful good God, and I saw God move in our situation, and I can testify to His glory that everything's going to be okay. I want to remind you before we get into the message that at the end we're going to be participating of communion, so you want to get the elements ready, get some Jews, get get some crackers or some bread ready, because at the end we are going to participate of communion. Today, we're going to start a new series. And this series is intended to encourage us uh, during this campaign that we're doing. If you're part of our uh, La Iglesia campus, we're doing 40 days of fasting. If you are in our Mission Hills Dayspring campus, we are doing 30 for 30. And this campaign is intended to motivate us, to guide us, to encourage us as we go through the campaign. What do you say we pray? And then we jump into God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you this beautiful morning, Lord, that because you are with us. Lord, uh, I know it's so easy to just forget about making time for you, to connect with you, to hear your word and to sing you praises, Lord. But Father, I bless those that have made the time, Lord, for you. And I pray, Lord, that your word would speak to us, transform us, encourage us. We're beginning a series where we're talking about elevating our life. And I pray that you would begin to do that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You know, scriptures give believers many promises. And one of my favorite ones is that the Bible promises that all things will work for our good. But that's only for those who love God. And see, God promises to take all that happens in our lives, the difficulties, the mundane, the unexpected, to take everything, absolutely everything, and use it to do something good for us. It goes without saying that 2020 has not been a great year. That 2020 is a year that we're hoping to end soon and that 2021 brings something better. We've experienced an attack of a contagious virus that has caused much pain and suffering. And perhaps the worst part of it is that it's not even over yet. But see, in the midst of this troubling year, in the midst of this difficult, difficult year, I have a firm hope that God is going to use everything that is happening for his glory. That he's going to use it to lift his name higher. But that he also wants to use it to elevate you and me to a higher place. To elevate us through his power and his wisdom. That's what Romans eight thirty five through 37 says. In fact, read it with me and look at what it says. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? That's a very powerful question. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we are trouble or if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Paul says when bad things happen, does it mean that God not loves us? Does it mean that God is angry against us, that God has forsaken us? And the answer is absolutely not. Look at what he continues to say in verse 36. He says, As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. And then he answers in verse 37 the question that he asked at the beginning, and he says, No. No, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He says, no, despise all these things. Overwhelming victory. Now that's powerful. That's key. Overwhelming victory. That means that you don't make it on a wing on a prayer. That means that you don't make it by default. He says, no, no, no. You are going to have overwhelming victory. He says, overwhelming victory is ours. Here's the key. Through Christ, who what? Loves us. You see, in this passage, Paul tells us that God has given us spiritual weapons so that we can conquer. And that when we use these spiritual weapons, we can obtain victory in Jesus' name. That when we use them, our life is going to be elevated to higher levels. That God has given us tools, disciplines, weapons not so, so that we don't stay defeated, but so that no matter what's going on, our lives could experience victory. And that is why we've titled this series, Elevate Your Life. You know, in this series, we're going to show you how to apply, how to use these spiritual weapons to elevate your life. To honor God. You know, I am believing that as we put these, uh, these uh, habits, these spiritual disciplines into practice, that we're going to begin to experience victory in many areas of our life. That as you begin to activate these uh, weapons, that as you begin to practice these, these habits, that you're going to see God transform defeat into victory. That we're going to see the mighty hand of God working on our behalf. And that we're going to be able to sing of his praises. You know, it's very sad that I see many Christians defeated. That I see many Christians who've given up on their relationship with God. Who've given up on their faith. Who've given up on their church. They've allowed the difficulty of this year to rob them of all that God has for them. Of all that God has done for them. And let me tell you something, if that's you. That's not what God wants for you. That's not okay. Instead, God wants to elevate you. He wants us to rise up. He wants us to strengthen ourselves so that we can have and and experience all the things that he has for us. God wants to take us to a new dimension, to a higher dimension. And that is why we need to elevate ourselves. That's why we need to strengthen our faith. And the key to doing that, the key to elevating, the key to strengthening our faith is to walk closer to God. We're going to use this next quote quite often in this series. And I would love for you to memorize it. I would love for you to preach it to yourself, to to use it as a cheerleading model. Here's the phrase, walking with God Elevates, strengthens your life. When you walk close to God, your life is going to be elevated. Your life is going to be strengthened. And that is the purpose of this series. We want to begin today by looking at the first powerful tool, at the first weapon, at the first habit that elevates, that strengthens our life. And today, I want to encourage you to elevate your life no matter where you are. And let me tell you, I know what it's like to be in very dark and very hopeless situations. These past two weeks have definitely been a challenge to my faith. But I can tell you that no matter the circumstance, you can rise. You can experience overwhelming victory. And today I want to talk to you about how to elevate your life through fasting. And you may be wondering, well, pastor, how does fasting elevate our, uh, elevates our life? Well, Isaiah says the following in Isaiah 10, 27, he says, it shall come to pass that in that day, his burden will be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed. Listen to this because of the anointing oil. Now. If the anointing oil does all this, the question now becomes, how can I experience, how can I obtain that anointing oil in my life? Well, a few chapters later, Isaiah gives us more clarity as to how to. Look at what he says in chapter 58, verse 6 of the book he wrote. He says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? And this is God speaking, just so that you have some context. And God says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Listen, here's the golden nugget of today. Fasting leads us to an anointing that breaks every yoke. Fasting when we fast, fasting leads us to an anointing that breaks every yoke in our life. And you may be wondering, well pastor, what does that have to do with elevating our lives? Well, you can elevate your life if you're tied down. No one can experience the future that God has for them if they first don't break the chains of their past. No one can advance if he or she is hampered by the barriers in their life. No one can get out of their present condition if they aren't first set free. And the anointing that Isaiah speaks about, the anointing represents the promise and the power of God's presence. Let me say that again. It is God's presence that brings the promise and the power to fulfill these things in our life. It is God's presence that makes the difference. And fasting draws us closer to God. Fasting allows us to be with God in such a way that an anointing flows, that breaks yokes, that breaks bondages, that breaks chains so that our life could be elevated. Look at what Isaiah says. In Isaiah 58, 6-8, we're going to look at these verses quite a lot. So just just know that. We're going to look at them. But look at what he says. Let's read verses 6, 7, and 8. Isaiah says on behalf of God, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is, is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard fasting fasting is a powerful weapon And it's powerful because it does three things. It breaks, it releases, and it renews. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about these three things that fasting does. It breaks, it releases, and it renews. If you want to elevate your life, if you want to have that overwhelming victory, the first weapon you need to activate is fasting. And fasting draws us closer to God. And as we draw closer to God, fasting Breaks, releases, and renews. So come on, let's look at those three and uh, let's allow God's word to speak to us. Number one, why should we fast? Well, we should fast because as I mentioned, fasting breaks. We fast to break. To break what? What does fasting break? Well, Isaiah 58, 6, the passage that we just read, tells us, look at what verse 6 says. Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? The prophet Isaiah says that fasting breaks four things. The first thing that fasting breaks is chains. That is what the first part of verse six says. It says the kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice. See, chains are destructive habits, reoccurring sin that we can't leave behind. Things that we know that are wrong, things that we don't want to continue doing, but that we can't stop doing because they are chains in our life. And these chains, they can be an addiction to alcohol or drugs or tobacco or your phone or gluttony or spending or pornography or gossiping and so on and so on. And these chains, their practices, their their ways in our lives, their habits that harm our health, they harm our mind, they harm our marriage, they harm our family, they harm our relationships, and most importantly, they harm our connection with God. And perhaps the most important thing is that we can't break these chains with our willpower. We don't have the strength. We don't have the capacity. How do I know this? How do you know this? Because we've tried. How many times have we said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be like that anymore. And we just go back to doing and being what we say we don't want to do. And fasting, fasting provides the power because it draws us closer to God to be able to break these chains. The second thing that fasting breaks is that fasting breaks barriers. The second part of verse six says the following, the kind of fast I have chosen to untie the cords of yoke. Cords can be problems that we can't solve with our human strength. Problems that are beyond our control, beyond our intellectual capacity, our human knowledge. Problems that require divine intervention. And it is through fasting that these barriers, that these cords are broken. It is through fasting that often God gives us the wisdom or the grace or the favor or the direction or the door to be able to resolve those barriers, to be able to resolve those problems. The third thing that fasting breaks is oppression and bondage. This is what the last part of verse 6 says. It says, the kind of fast I have chosen to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. To be oppressed means to deprive of freedom. An oppressed person is not free to be all they can't be. And let me tell you, you got to listen to me, church. Spiritual oppression, satanic oppression is real. It is not something made up, it's real. Oppression is the demonic influence over somebody's life. And today there's many people who are suffering because they are oppressed. Now listen, I believe, we believe that as believers, now I do need to make a caveat, as true believers, because unfortunately there's believers who are only by profession, but not by relationship. We believe that a true believer cannot be possessed. And they cannot be possessed because the Bible tells us that that the Holy Spirit lives in the lives of true believers. But a believer, while he cannot be possessed, a believer can be oppressed. And listen, spiritual oppression happens when we abandon God's word, when we forsake our relationship with him. Oppression happens when we open the door to the occult, to, to darkness. Whether by reading horoscopes or the reading of cards or the reading of your hands or or consulting the dead or consulting a healer. Many people today are falling for those things. And they're opening a door for, for the occult, for oppression to come into their lives. I believe that today there's many shows There's many movies that open the door for the enemy to bring oppression into our lives. And see fasting, fasting breaks that oppression. Fasting breaks the influence, the attack of the enemy over a person's life. But fasting also breaks bondages. And bondages occur when we believe lies. When you believe a lie, you're going to begin to accept it as a reality. And you're going to begin to act according to it. Let me illustrate it this way. If you take someone who is a prince, someone who is born into royalty and destined to be king. But you put that person in the street and you tell them that they are to to beg and that all they are is a beggar. They're going to believe that. And they're going to act according to that belief. And they're going to beg all their life. And the reason they're going to beg all their life is because they don't know the truth. They have lived a lie. And the truth is that that person is not a beggar. That that person is in line to be king. And many of us, we have believed lies that Satan has said to us. He's lied to us that we have no hope, that there's no hope for our marriage. We've believed lies that we can't change. Lies that we're always going to be miserable, that we're always going to be in need. And let me tell you something. God can break those chains. God can break those ties. God can break those lies. And when God breaks them, you and I, we can, believe, we can begin to live who we, who we were truly made to be children of God. So fasting, the first thing fasting does, the first reason we should fast is because fasting breaks chains, barriers, oppression, and bondage. But the second reason we need to fast is because fasting releases. We need to fast to release. God not only uses fasting to break something, but he also uses it to release something. What is it that God releases when we fast? Well, The first thing that fasting releases is the Lord's reward. It's rewards from God. Jesus said that fasting would, would result in God rewarding our lives. Look at what Matthew 6, 17, and 18 says. Jesus speaking here says, But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. You notice how that verse begins? Jesus says, when you fast, and he ends by saying that God who sees everything will reward us. In this chapter of Matthew 6, Jesus links three three habits, the habit of fasting, of praying, and giving. And Jesus says that when we do these things, they produce rewards from God. What are those rewards? Well, let's look at at the rewards that, that God wants to give us. The first reward is divine provision. Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 3 and 4, the following, he says, When you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Listen, when we give to God, He will make sure, That we have all we need. God is a very generous God. And God rewards generosity. And some of us, some of you, you don't have what you need because you are not giving. In fact, the Bible teaches us that the more we give, the more we will receive. Because it speaks of the generosity of God. Look at what Luke 6.38 says. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room, listen to this, for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get. When generosity is combined with fasting, there will be rewards. You know, unfortunately, many have used this pandemic as an excuse to stop giving, to stop contributing to the house of God. And when we do that, we think we're saving ourselves some money. We think that that we're getting ahead. But the truth is that you're limiting, you're hindering God's divine provision in your life. So I want to encourage you, stop, cut the excuses why you can't give and begin to give to God because when you do, he will reward you. The second reward that fasting releases is answered prayers. Matthew 6, 6 tells us the following, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Here Jesus says that the reward when we fast and pray is that God's going to answer our prayers. I hope church That we don't stop believing that God can answer prayers. I hope that we persevere, that we keep knocking, that we keep seeking, that we keep asking. Because God wants to answer prayers. Ezra is a great example of how fasting and prayer result in God answering our prayers. In the book of Ezra, Ezra is returning with the second wave of Jews to Jerusalem after the exile to Babylon. And he, he's got a long journey to make uh, from Babylon to, to Jerusalem. And he's got no soldiers, he's got no army to protect him along the way. And as he made this journey back to, to their homeland, he was facing many dangers. Especially because he carried the treasure of the temple with him. He also had women and children with him. So in light of this danger, in light of this circumstance, what does Ezra do? Well, look at what Ezra 8.23 says he did. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us. And he heard our prayer. Question. How is it that Ezra knew that God heard his prayer? Because God answered it. God answered it. And let me tell you, I believe that God answers prayer. God answered a big prayer of ours last week. My dad was in a situation and there was nothing we could do because there was no cure. But God answered our prayer. And I want to invite you, I want to invite you in this campaign, whether you're doing the 40 days of fasting or the 30 for 30, I want to invite you, write down two to three uh, petitions, two to three prayers, and take advantage of this campaign to present your requests to God. We're going to be having prayers. If you're in our Mission Hills campus, we're going to be meeting every Saturday to pray. You know, I know how much people believe in prayer by how much they pray. And if you say you believe in prayer, but you don't make time to pray, let me tell you something. You really don't believe in prayer. The third reward that we can expect from God that fasting releases is miracles. Is miracles, not just God's provision, not just answer prayer, but miracles. Matthew 17, 19 through 21 says, After the disciples, after, afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told him. I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Then Isaiah tells us that the power of God is manifested in fasting to produce miracles of healing. Isaiah 58 says, and your healing will come quickly and obviously Isaiah says that in the context of fasting see the simple act of fasting is going to lead to a greater physical health and without offending anybody I think many of us we need to fast we don't have healthy good eating habits and fasting itself will lead to greater physical health but it doesn't stop there fasting does more than just make us healthy it draws us closer to God where we're more sensitive to to his miracle working power and Jesus said that if we had faith nothing would be impossible so when you fast fasting releases God's power to do miracles in our life fasting also releases God's favor. The second thing that fasting releases is God's favor. Isaiah says in uh, chapter 58, verse 8, and he says, And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. When we speak of the glory of God, we speak of his weight, of all, that, of all his beauty, his majesty, his splendor, and all his power. The glory of God speaks of his riches, of his wealth, of his wealth in power, his wealth in honor, his wealth in goodness. And the glory of God implies that God has all good things that we need in abundance. The glory of God has all the good things, all that we need, and he has it in abundance. When scripture mentions that the glory of God will follow us means that God's favor, that God's blessing is going to be with us, that his resources are going to be available to us, that, that you and I, we can walk with his protection and his support. And fasting, fasting releases God's favor in our life. The third thing that fasting releases is divine guidance. Fasting releases divine guidance. Isaiah 58.8 says, Then your light will break forth like dawn. As I mentioned, fasting draws us closer to God. And when we draw closer to God, darkness, confusion, disparity, anxiety, they're dispelled from our life. When we draw closer to God, we have greater clarity for our lives. We can see things better and we can see things God's way. And listen, darkness causes discouragement, causes distress, causes confusion. But divine guidance, when we know, when we can see things God's way, it gives us courage, it gives us peace and it gives us a pathway to make better decisions in our lives. His divine guidance also opens doors, gives us influence, and his divine guidance is released in our lives when we fast. So fasting breaks, fasting releases, but the third thing that fasting does is that fasting renews. We should fast to renew. And listen, we need to be renewed. We make mistakes we, we sin, we have bad habits, we make poor choices, we allow certain things into our life and we need to be renewed. We need to be constantly renewed. Let me tell you, God is in the business of constantly renewing us. And the renewal that your marriage needs, the renewal that your family needs, the renewal that you need can only be done by God himself. And through fasting, God can renew us in an extraordinary way. Before finishing, let me tell you two things. That two ways that God renews through fasting. The first thing that fasting renews is your spiritual life. Romans 12, 1 through 2, you know this passage. Let me read it really quickly. Look at what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. And that's what fasting is. We're presenting our bodies to God. Because of all that he has done for you, has God been good to you? That you need to fast. You got a reason to fast. Paul continues to say, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In fasting, what we do is that we consecrate ourselves. We consecrate our lives. And fasting brings us closer to God. And when we consecrate ourselves, we're more sensitive to God. We're more sensitive and receptive to his will. And Paul tells us that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. I believe, because I've seen it, that during this time, the spiritual life of many people has decayed, has diminished. And let me tell you that we're living in the last days, We can't afford to be playing halfway in and halfway out, sometimes in, sometimes out. We need to be like the wise virgins and be alert and stay ready for God's return. We cannot allow our spiritual lives to wander down. We cannot allow our spiritual lives to decay. And I believe during this time, we can elevate our spiritual lives through fasting because fasting renews our spiritual lives some have lost their first love for the Lord some have lost their commitment and there, their spiritual life needs to be renewed and fasting will do that the second thing that fasting renews is your wineskin or your anointing look at what Jesus says in Mark 2 uh, verse 20 and 22 He says, but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And on that day, they will fast. And Jesus was talking about the time would come when he wouldn't be on earth as he was at that time. And he says, at that time, you will fast. And let me tell you, we are in that time. So we need to be fasting. And he continues on to say, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskin will be ruined no they pour new into new wine into new wineskins jesus here is speaking of wineskins in the context of fasting and it goes to show us and here's what god hears what jesus is saying he says god can't do a new thing In old wineskins. God can't do a new thing with an old character. With an old mentality. With an old anointing. He doesn't pour new things into old things. He wants to renew us. So that he can pour a fresh anointing. So that he can pour a new thing into our lives. And to receive new things. To receive the new glories that God has for us. We need to be renewed. And fasting does that. You know, there's three types of fasting that we see and that the church has practiced. The first is the absolute fast. And this is a determined time where you choose to not eat or drink anything. And this is one of the uh, hardest, but also one of the strongest types of fasting. Where you say, I'm going to go through an extended period of time without eating or Or drinking anything. Jesus fasted 40 days. And he did the absolute fast. But we also have a second type of fast. Which is known as the normal fast. Where we don't eat certain. Where we don't eat for a determined period of time. And we only drink water. The whole difference between the normal and the absolute. Is that while there's no food in the normal there is water. But the third type of fast is the partial Fast. And this partial fast is where you choose to obtain yourself from certain types of foods and drinks. If you're familiar with our our Daniel's fast that we do at the beginning of the year, that's a partial fast. And we want to encourage you. If you're part of our congregation at La Iglesia, we're doing a 40-day fast. And we want to encourage you to pick a fast. We know that some of you have health issues, but let me tell you, I believe that where there's a will, there's a way. And we want to invite you to fast. If you're part of our Dayspring campus in Mission Hills, on the last week of, on the last week of September, between September 20 and 27, I'm going to call our church, I'm going to call our campus to fast. And we're going to do an absolute fast for that week. And we're going to give you two options. Either to fast from the moment you wake up to 3 p.m. And this is an absolute fast. Or to fast from 3 p.m. Till the time you go to sleep. And I know it's hard. But as Paul says, we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And I am believing that God is going to renew us. That God is going to release. And that God is going to break. If you believe that. Let's do that. Let's not just say, I believe that, amen. No, let's fast. We're in this campaign to elevate our lives. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father,